the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In steadfast obedience to God's call upon his life, Pastor Rander continues to challenge us with stimulating questions that we must answer if we are to live a committed, God-filled life. We cannot reach our full potential short of giving God, rather than this world, our very best. The only way we can maximize our God-given capacity is to walk by faith at all times and in all things. God's Word tells us that we must look to the hills for help. Where does our help come from? It comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Thank you for joining us today. As you listen in, you'll want to take notes, so keep pen and paper handy. If you're going to have the best year ever, are y'all hanging with me? If you're going to have the best year ever, stop clinging to unhealthy relationships and sever them before they destroy your dreams, your character, your reputation, your emotions, your finances, and even your health. Unhealthy. Stop clinging to what kind of relationships? Unhealthy relationships. And sever. What sever means to what? Cut. Cut. And you cannot cut that relationship without the help of God. I alluded to that this morning. You need God to cut some relationship because the fact of the matter is some relationships have become a satanic stronghold. And the only way that satanic stronghold is going to be broken, you got to have the Holy Spirit's enablement and power to break that demonic a relationship that will bring about not only your spiritual demise, but your physical demise, and you will end up in an early grave. First Corinthians 15.33 says, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. New King James Version. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Just because they look good, talk good, can hold a good conversation. Listen, Satan can hold a smooth uh, conversation and will smooth you on to hell. Satan, look, Satan is not some big, some look, some ugly. You know how they make Satan look? They make him look ugly and and they make him with red with a tail and horns and a pitchfork and they make him look ugly. Listen, Satan comes cute. He comes, he comes handsome. He comes wealthy. He comes with a good talk, a good rap. And you get to listening to him and hanging on him and emailing him and texting him and, and doing all that kind of, you tied into a devil and don't even know it. And when all said and done, you stripped of everything. And then you got to ask yourself, how on this side of heaven did I allow this person to put me in this shape? And you know what? Once they mess your life up, they are gone. I love you, impregnate you, and you got to find that rascal. The FBI got to find him. 
I wouldn't be anybody's fool. All I'm saying is stop clinging to unhealthy relationships and sever them before they destroy you. If you're going to make a new beginning, destroy your character, your reputation, your emo- send you on an emotional roller coaster. You up and you think you'll do it. Then, oh, you're down and then you get a depression. Then you come back and then you up again. He just have you a total screwball. Number five, if you're going to have the best year ever, learn valuable life lessons from your failures and use them to build your character, your integrity, and faith in God. If you're going to have the best year ever, learn valuable lessons from your what? And use them to build your character, to build our integrity and faith in God. Let me tell you something. Uh, All of us in here have failed, whether we miss. Now, some of you want folks to think you've never failed, but you failed. You failed at something. I mean, you you can't tell me you haven't failed. It could be all of us have failed to some degree. But I'm going to tell you something. You, You don't have to go through all of those failures to learn. Sometimes you ought to see the failures of others. And when you say it, instead of gossiping about it, you need to ask yourself a question. Lord, in that other person's failure, what are you teaching me through this? But you know what? I'm not going to talk about him. I'm going to pray for him. And you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to check myself and say, Lord, what do you, what do you want me, Randall Draper, to learn from the failure of him? That's what I ask myself in humility. If you start asking yourself those kind of questions, it'll keep you out of some, some, some troubles that you don't have to experience if you just learn from the failures of others. You, you don't have to experience all failures to learn. Let me say something. Refuse to allow failure to keep you from God's best for you. You may have failed God in your finances. You may have failed him in your budget. You made a budget and didn't keep it. You may have failed him in your savings plan to the point that every time you put a nickel in, you take that same nickel out. You may have failed God in your marriage, in your parenting. You may have failed God in your attempts to get a degree or certification. You may have failed an exam. You may have failed in weight reduction instead of some of you said maybe beginning of 2009, I'm going to lose 20 pounds or 15 pounds or 30 pounds. And instead you gain 30 may have failed. Uh, Some of you may have failed in home improvements and the purchase of a home. It didn't go through Uh, your business failed, or maybe you set spiritual goals for yourself last year and didn't see any of them through. I want to say something to you, my friends. Use failure as a luncheon pad for success. Then you need to write that down. Use your personal failures as a luncheon pad for success. That's what you do. Use your failures as a luncheon pad. Let's look at the life of Peter. And let's just see what he did. Everybody with a Bible, turn to, to the Gospel of John, chapter 13. Verses 36 through 38. The Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 36 through 38. 
In the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verses 36 to 38, you have Peter's affirmation of Christ. It says there, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. Verse 37, Peter said to him, Lord, why can I follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. 38, Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for my sake? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. I mean, I mean, he was talking in the affirmative uh, as to what are you going to do for God and, and how he's going to follow him and all of these things. But now turn to John, John 18, turn over a few chapters to John 18, uh, verse 17. You're going to see Peter's denial. I mean, he said, you saw him in John 13, said, you know, I will follow you. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus said, before the cock crow, you, you will have denied me three times. Now look at the denial. Look, look at how it came to pass. In John 18, 17, it says, the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Skip down to verses 25 to 27. Now Simon Peter stood and warned himself. Therefore, they said to him, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. Look at him denying the Lord. Verse 26, one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of him whose ear Peter cut off, said, did I not see you, Peter, in the garden with him? Referencing Jesus. Verse 27, look at Peter. Peter then denied him, and immediately a rooster crowed. Jesus prophesied what he would do, and it came to pass. He denied the Savior. Peter failed God when God, when the Lord needed him the most. But we all are Peters in here. We have failed him when, when he needed us the most. We were to witness, and we didn't witness. He told us to go, and we didn't go. But look at Peter's restoration and look at John 21 verses 15 through 17. John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17 is Peter's restoration. We talked about Peter's affirmation of Christ, Peter's denial, and now Peter's restoration. Look at, look at John 21, 15 through 17. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep." Verse 17, he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Then Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Right here, you, in the garden, you saw his denial of the Lord. And right here in this passage, you see Jesus restoring Peter. I want to give you four things you can do with failure. Four things you can do with failure. Okay, here we go. Number one. Surrender your failure to the Lord, however you fail. 
You fail to receive counsel from those who love you the most. Surrender that to the Lord. You may one step forward and five step backwards. Surrender it to the Lord. You made your mess. Surrender it to the Lord. The Lord will take from where you are to where you need to be. He's a specialist in restoring once you genuinely confess. So surrender your failure to the Lord. Number two, we can learn from our failures instead of blaming others. You know, well, if it wasn't for my mama, I was, you don't understand. I came up in a ghetto. You don't understand. I didn't have a daddy. You didn't understand. I, 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 I came up in a single parent home. Do you not know great people come out of single parents home? As a matter of fact, many single parents do a much better job than two parents. It's no excuse. You don't have to be a victim of your environment. Who came out of slavery and succeeded? So stop blaming everybody else and say, it's me. Number three, we grow through our failures. Do you realize if you learn your lessons and you surrender to it and you don't blame others, you begin to grow and you'll be a living testimony to others? You grow through your failures. And number four, we can minister more effectively to others because of our failures. When you've been down skid row, when you've lost everything, maybe lost a home, a job, uh, maybe you lost whatever, money, or whatever it is, do you realize those are testimonies you can use to be a blessing to others, to encourage them in their walk with the Lord. That's a ministry God has given you to be a blessing to encourage the faith of others. Now, I want to say something real big here, and I want you to hold your seatbelt about this failure. We must not be insensitive to those who have failed, no matter the reason. Sometimes you say, well, I can forgive this that the person has done, but I can't forgive that. That's too bad over there. And you begin to pick and choose what you will forgive and what you won't forgive. But listen, we must not be insensitive. Say insensitive. Say it again. To those who have failed, no matter the reason, we need to help them up. Help them get back. Well, I told you. You should have listened to me. I knew that was your next time. Uh-huh. You made your bed hard, lay in it. You know, that's hard. I know you told them. You don't have to wash their face. Be sensitive. Like Jesus, be willing to lovingly and compassionately restore the one who has failed back to ministry after they have genuinely, say genuinely, genuinely repented and gone through the restoration process. When they go through the process, genuinely repented, listen, help them up. Give them a helping hand. Don't rejoice in another person's fault. And listen, I'm going to say this too. Don't dig a ditch because that same ditch you may fall in digging it. You ought to be grieved over folk who've made a mess. It's bad. Let me tell you something. Here's a bigger thought. Listen to this. Thank you, Holy Ghost. We shouldn't even rejoice in the fall of the evil. 
That's right. Oh, I'm so glad. Goody for him. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. That's, that's a detriment to your spiritual walk. And that heartens your heart. And it desensitizes you. Never rejoice in the calamities of others, whether they whether circumstances beyond their control or whether circumstances they brought on themselves. We make our own mess many times and we need somebody that can restore. Listen, Jesus restored Peter. But now I'm, I'm laboring with this. Who have you helped to restore? OK, who have you? Last year, you saw somebody in trouble. Somebody needed help. You were in a position to help them. How did you do it? Did you sit there and privately gloat in it with your high prideful sedity self? Or did you look at them through the eyes of mercy like God looked at you when you made your mess and when you failed God and when you made a mess out of your life? Just because we don't know what you've done, God knows. God knows. Y'all hanging with me? You know, Galatians 6, 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, that's sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit, in the spirit, not of hardness, in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. That's what the scripture says. Lest you also be tempted. Brother, I read it again. It's so powerful. Galatians 6, chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are what? Spir- say, underline spiritual. Spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Finally, but not the least. Number six, challenge your children's spirituality. Okay? Challenge your children's spirituality. Proverbs 22, 6. Jot it down. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Train them up. Train them up. Now, you put spiritual teachings in them. You can't train them being an absentee mother or an absentee father. It is not the nursery school's responsibility to train your children. It's not the babysitter's responsibility. It is your, you had the baby. Let me tell you something. Are y'all thinking, nobody can love your child like you, mama. And sometimes we, we, we expect other folk to do our work to our own child's detriment. What does that mean? Parents, you cannot give what you do not have. You must be a saved, growing, spiritually mature parent. Well, if you're not saved, you can't be spiritually mature. You know, if if you're not spiritually mature, you're not growing. Uh, You got to be a saved, growing, spiritually mature parent. You know what that means, parent? How many of your parents or grandparents out there? Let me see your hands. Well, that's a lot of folk I'm talking to. You say, I messed up the first batch of children. Well, God gave you the second batch and the grandchildren. Okay? You say, well, I raised you. That's your children. Listen, it's going to take that whole village to raise that child. All right? 
And you who don't have children, help a single parent. Help others who are struggling. Don't see other folks struggling and you can help and not help them. Parents, practice what you teach and be a good example before your children. You don't say, what's that statement? Don't do as I say. Do as I do. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, however it goes. No, no, you need to be a good example. Practice what you teach and be a good example before your children. A good example, a godly mother, a godly father, a godly uncle, a godly aunt, a godly cousin, a godly mother-in-law. See, your children should not be more kingdom-minded than you. Did you hear what I just said? It, it, now, you know, it's a sad day when a child leaves the parent. And you have some children that have more spirituality and more of a spiritual bent or inclination than the parent of the child. Your children should not be more kingdom minded than you. They should not have to stay home because you don't want to come to church. I don't want to go. They want to go. You won't let them go. And then you crying because they overtaken by drugs. You crying because they in jail. But remember, you couldn't get up and take them to church. You, you, you couldn't bring them to Sunday school. You couldn't bring them to vacation Bible school. You couldn't give them a mole ranch retreat with the youth in July. You couldn't give them those things. You, you were too sleepy, too carnal. You wanted your cowboys. Your children should not be more kingdom-minded than you. And D, be excited about the spiritual development of your children and refuse to pour water on their fire. Don't be a stumbling block to your child's faith. It's a sad day when parents causes their own children's faith to stumble. You cause them to stumble when you're cussing in the house and when you're watching stuff that's going to lead your child into addiction. You cause them to stumble when you bring in these strangers that they don't know into your house overnight and they know that's not their daddy or their mama. And you tell them, I go in that room and stay in there. You better not come out. They're not crazy. They know what you're doing. And then you want them to respect you. Obey me. Why should they listen? You're smothering them. You're causing them to stumble. Nothing like a godly mother, a godly father, godly influence. Look, we'll close with this verse, and I'm done. Deuteronomy, everybody with the Bible, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. It says, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them the word diligently to your children and shall talk of the word, talk of the teachings of God, talking of them when you sit in your house, you talk about God. When you walk by the way, you talk about God. When you lie down at night, talk about God. When you rise up in the morning, you got God talk. Verse eight, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Parents, did you talk about today's message with your child? 
when we have Sunday school, do you ever ask your children, what did they, what did you learn in Sunday school today? And how can we practice this this week so that we all can grow from it? Do you expect your children to grow? You have to teach it. Repetition is the mother of all learning. And you have to labor with your children. Because if you don't put that godly heritage, if you don't put the word in them, then the world is waiting to put stuff in them that's going to break your heart and make you cry. You get the first shot. If you miss it, Satan is waiting to use that devilish boy, a girl, a neighbor, another school child at the school, some friend, so-called friend, some secular crazy professor with a PhD as lost as a goose sitting in the seat of authority to wipe out your children. And they're most gullible because you didn't put anything in them. And all God's children said, let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for the word. And Father, a lot was said. And all of us need to search ourselves. Father, it's time for all of us to regroup and repent and have a new beginning with you. You, you specialize in, in picking up broken pieces and putting them back together again. And we can't get so messed up that you can't salvage us. Help us to cut off the television, not to go to sleep by it. To get the iPods out of our ears and the technology off our bodies. Help, help us stop so much texting and emailing to the point that we can't think rationally even more so spiritually and see the world through the lens of your word I pray God for these people from the children to the oldest person in the room that we would make a fresh start this year and be all that you are calling us to be. We love you, Jesus. Father, I love these people so much. It's my responsibility to shepherd them until you move me on and help them to grasp the reality of your truth and adjust their lives thereupon accordingly. In Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Scripture tells us that in order to live according to God's plan for our lives, we must be steadfast and immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. It also tells us that we must forget our past and look toward those things that are ahead. In addition to the gift of a brand new year, God has given us the gifts of keeping the past where it belongs and looking to the present and the future, doing new things in him that shall spring forth. Isn't that good news? If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more teachings by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.